Good morning, everyone. It's good to see you here in the house. And for all of those of you online, it's great that you're joining us this morning. Uh, just as we go into worship, uh, why don't you stand if you're able as we uh, just sing songs of truth this morning. All right, here we go. It's a, 
Obviously, it was another week of December marks a, another week in the Advent, and so we're going to sing this uh, this Christmas carol. Um, is based on the uh, the Advent for this week. Um, we just sing that sing that together. And joy to the world, the Lord is come. Let earth receive her King. Let every heart prepare Him room. And heaven and nature sing, and heaven and nature sing. And heaven and heaven and nature sing. And joy to the earth, the Savior reigns. Let men their songs implore. While fields and floods, rocks, hills, and plains. Repeat the sounding joy, repeat the sounding joy, repeat, repeat the sounding Sunday of Advent, our theme is joy. Joy is not merely happiness. If so, it would be a very elusive thing. Joy also isn't found in merely ignoring the negative aspects of life. True joy is found in the decision to trust in Jesus despite of them. Joy is something we choose, an attitude, not based on circumstances, but based on God's promises. Romans 15.13 says, May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace as you trust in him, so that you may overflow with hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. The thing is, most people want to know joy fully without placing their trust in God, but trust is the key. God is always who he says he will be. No matter how much our circumstances change, he does not. He is trustworthy, and therefore, as we place our trust in him, we can know joy despite our circumstances. Joy in the fact that we are in right relationship with God. Joy in the fact that this world is not all there is. Joy in all the ordinary blessings of an ordinary day. Just as God's people of old found joy by placing their trust in the promise that a Messiah would someday arrive, we too can know true joy if we place our trust in God today despite what we are facing. Today we have collected canned fruit for Kerr Street Mission with the hope that as we light the candle of joy and choose to place our trust in God, he will help us share with others that they too may know joy despite their present circumstances. Sins and sorrows grow, no thorns infest the ground. He comes to make his blessings flow. 
far as the curse is found, far as the curse is found, far as, far as the curse is found. He rules the world with truth and grace and makes the nations prove the glories of His righteousness and wonders of His love and wonders of His love and wonders, wonders of His love. Good morning. Merry Christmas. Say, won't you just greet one another? Wish somebody a Merry Christmas as you're seated this morning. Thank you. You may be seated. Fun fact Joy to the World is actually a song about the second coming of Jesus, but we sing it at Christmas and it fits. So we can just sing it all the time. That's just for free. It's not even in your package this morning. That was just the anointing right there, just passing it on to you. Good morning. Welcome to Evangel this morning. Glad you could make it. And uh, I know for some, depending on where you're coming from, it was a little snowier than, than other places, but you pressed through and you're get, you got here. Some of you are still arriving, so we're glad that you're here uh, to worship with us in the room this morning. I also want to extend a warm welcome to those of you who are not here and physically with us this morning but are watching via the live stream. We want to welcome you as well and say that we're delighted that you could come and be with us today. I have a few announcements, and uh, it just seems to be the season for announcements. There's lots that it's, that's happening in this season we want to keep you aware of and uh, up to speed on, and so we just want to uh, let you know uh, some things this morning. Just want to remind you that last week we announced the, what our plans were for for December 25th and for January 1st, and so just as a reminder that uh, we, we will not be meeting on Sunday, December 25th, and uh, Sunday, January 1st will be live stream only, and we talked about last week about that being an opportunity for our many hardworking volunteers to get a break during the Christmas season. So please keep that in mind. Uh, December 25th and January 1st, we will not be meeting in person, uh, and on the 1st, it will be live stream only. I want to thank you for your Advent donations, and to be honest with you, you've really exceeded, well, certainly my expectations. I, I sort of expected a table full of goods at the end of the Advent season that we would take off to Kerr Street, and actually this week we had to do a, a half-time delivery because there was so much here that uh, we just loaded up the vehicle and uh, packed it in and, and took it to Kerr Street, and they were so happy. And then this morning, we're, we're continuing with it again. I see that many of you brought things again today, and so today we're doing canned fruit. And our final uh, collection week is next week, and uh, next week we'll be uh, collecting canned soup. So, and that will wrap up our four weeks of food collection for Kerr Street Mission. So thank you for uh, being a part of that. Next Sunday, December the 18th, we do have a uh, very special Christmas service planned for next Sunday. Just encourage you, you can invite your family, invite friends, your neighbors, and uh, it's going to be a morning of, uh, you know, just enjoying Christmas music. We have some specials from members of our congregation, 
and we'll end our morning with a, uh, with a social time together. We'll be celebrating our Christmas social. There'll be food. It's uh, free of charge, and I just want to invite you to come and be a part of that. That's next Sunday. Also, next Sunday will be the last in-person service, other than Christmas Eve, which we don't receive an offering on Christmas Eve. So if you're looking to uh, you know, make a donation to pay tithes, to get funds in prior to the end of the year, and you want to do that in person, then that would need to be next Sunday. It will be our last in-person Sunday morning service will be next Sunday morning. So you may want to make sure you do that. You can also give online right up until December 31st to uh, get record for 2022. And you can send your donation or your giving to uh, giving at epcoakville.com. And as long as it's in by the 31st, it will be receipted in the 2022 tax year. So just keep that in mind. Last week, Jennifer mentioned that on December 21st, Wednesday, December 21st, we're doing a longest night service. And uh, we know that during the Christmas season, it's a very difficult time for, for many. Some have lost loved ones, but people grieve for, for a lot of different reasons. And so it's an opportunity just to find hope. It's an opportunity to find God's peace and love and strength in the Christmas season as we're grieving. But it's also an opportunity as a memorial and remembrance of those that we've lost and just to, uh, to spend that time of quiet reflection because it doesn't really matter how long it's been. It, it, it does, we carry that grief and that loss with us and it's an opportunity to pause and uh, allow God to minister to us uh, in, you know, in, these, in these special times. So just keep that in mind. And then December 24th, Christmas Eve at 6.30 will be our Christmas Eve service, Carols by Candlelight. Uh, 6.30 Christmas Eve, so you want to make sure there's no registration required for that. But for the longest night service, we're asking you if you would register. You can go to our website and click the button right on the front page and register there. If you need help registering, just call the church office, leave a message, and we'll get back to you and help you with that. So there uh, will be no problem with that. If you have children that are newborn to, uh, to age three, the nursery is available to you all throughout the service this morning. And kids, JK to grade Five, you are free to go with your leaders this morning for our kids' ministry time. I'm going to hand it back to you, Andrew. Thank you.
very present help in time of need. Who have I in heaven but you? There's none I desire besides you. say of the Lord, you are my shield, my strength, my shell portion, deliverer, my shelter, strong tower, my very present health. You are my shield, my strength, my portion, deliverer, my shelter, strong tower, my very present help in time of need. My strength, my portion, deliverer, my shelter, strong tower, my very present help in time. My shield, my strength, my portion, deliverer, my shelter, strong tower, my very present help in time of need. Lift your name, God, above all other names. God, as, as hard as it is sometimes to know this truth, God, we can have joy in every circumstance. God, joy that, that doesn't make sense sometimes, that in, in situations where it seems like all hope is lost. You are there. We can have joy in the fact that, that you are not only with us, but you've saved us. That you came to this earth to make a way for us. So thank you for, for that reminder this morning. That we can have joy in every circumstance. 
Thank you, Jesus. Be with us this morning as, as we just continue in the service, God, this morning. Would it all be worship to you? Would, would you speak to our hearts this morning? Encourage us, remind us, fill us afresh. And just thank you for the amazing opportunity that we have to be able to worship you this morning. In name we pray. Amen. Amen. Our scripture reading this morning is found in Luke chapter 2, and we're going to be reading verses 8 to 12. And there were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night. An angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, do not be afraid. I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all the people. Today in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is the Messiah, the Lord. And this will be a sign to you. You will find a baby wrapped in cloths and lying in a manger. Thank you, Andrew. Thank you, worship team, for leading us this morning. There are so many things that are a part of celebrating the Christmas season, traditions, things we do, things we don't do, uh, you know, relationships that we have. And, and one of the things that's a part of the Christmas celebration for a lot of people is decorating, is decorating. And, and in the Christmas season, it's, you know, one of our favorite things to do is drive around and look at the lights and our tradition, you know, at, even since we've come here at Evangel on Christmas Eve, uh, this, this Christmas will be our 18th time of, of driving through downtown Oakville and going on certain streets and looking at the lights and, and just making uh, focus on... Uh, um, you know, uh, looking at and celebrating the, the, the lights all around us as part of the Christmas season. At our house, we place a high value on decorating. And actually, if you know our family, um, we decorate for every occasion. Now, when I say we, it's not really me. But we, we decorate for every occasion. And... Um, and so, whatever it is, if we can find a reason to put decorations up, it, they're, they're up. But Christmas season is, it leads the way. It is the, you know, it is the pinnacle. And so, when it comes to inside the house, well, I just have one job. I'm not really allowed to touch a lot of stuff. But inside our house, my job is bringing in, you know, the artificial trees. And we do artificial because then you can have them up for six months. So, I bring in, well, not quite that long, but a long time. I bring in the artificial trees and I assemble them. And uh, so inside the house, that's basically my job. Once I do that, I'm, I'm done. Once they're in position, my job inside is done. But the outside, well, that's, that's a different story. The outside falls to me and, you know, and, and my decorating skills. And um, one lesson that I've learned, and I'll say, like most lessons in life that I've learned, I've, I've learned the hard way, and that is... It's important to check the lights before going up and down the ladder and attaching them to, to the house for, for obvious 
reasons. And because it can be really discouraging that you're, you know, you're finished and you stand back and you discover that nothing's working. That can be like really discouraging. And it's frustrating, especially when they're working and you tested them before you go up and then you put them all up and then for some reason when you're done, they, they stop working. And so that's frustrating too. Now what I find is sometimes what I try to do is I find, try to find the warmest, sunniest day to do it because it's, it can be pretty cold up on the ladder. And one of the things that's, that's difficult during uh, you know, putting lights up on a sunny day is it's hard to tell if the lights are on or not. Because everything is so bright, you, you, can't, you can't tell. And I don't know if you've ever done this, but I find myself holding the light in my hand and, and I'm peeking in. Does anyone else do that? You know, is that working? Is it on? I'm not sure if they're on. And then, oh yeah, okay, so, you know, it's working because, you know, sometimes y- you can't tell if the light is there without the darkness. You, you need the darkness to see the light. And so, even when I'm finished, sometimes it's hard to tell how everything looks. It's just kind of there. But when it gets dark, that's when you can really tell the impact of the lights. Because the true impact of the light can only truly be appreciated when it's dark. Now, today is the third Sunday of Advent, and we are continuing our Advent sermon series entitled Christmas Peace, focusing on the biblical account of the first advent of Jesus, and specifically, we've highlighted each week the words that we hear in each part and piece of this account, and we read it again this morning, do not be afraid. God's desired response to the coming of his son was not fear, it was peace. And so today, as we've heard as the advents have been read, we're focusing on joy as we consider the angels' appearance to the shepherds and how the sudden appearance of God's light on the dark hills of Bethlehem brought joy to the shepherds. Even in the angels' announcement was the reference to the joy that it would bring. And so Christmas reminds us that God's light does lift the darkness of, you know, of fear that's been caused by the painful realities of our lives, and and God replaces that darkness with his light and with his joy. And so we'll be reminded today, simply once again, joy is more powerful than fear. As you read the Christmas account, the advent of Jesus in Scripture, there are so many references to light and darkness within there, and there were prominent themes, and, and that's what we're going to focus on today as, and how that relates to joy as we consider this next piece of the Advent season. And so we will start by addressing the darkness. And so during the first week of Advent, we focused on hope and discussed the context of what was going on during the time of the announcement of the birth of Jesus to Mary. And I believe that it's important for us just to very briefly today, very quickly to, you know, to review a little bit of what was happening there, to, to appreciate what's happening with the shepherds here on the hillside. Both, we said, Matthew and Luke set the political 
context of the time of Jesus' birth, that Caesar Augustus, and these details are not just randomly put there because they were trying to fill out space. They were putting them there because it was really important that people who would later read about this important advent of Jesus understand everything about what was happening at the time. And so we understand that Caesar Augustus was the emperor of Rome, that Herod was the king of Judah, ruling on Augustus' behalf, and Quirinius, we're told, was the governor of Syria. So we understand who's in charge of of what areas and what's going on at the time. We do know from history that Augustus was the adopted son of Julius Caesar, who was worshipped as a god. All the Caesars were worshipped as a god, but Caesar Augustus was was worshipped as the son of God. He was known as the son of God. As the son of Julius Caesar, he was the son of God. He was known as the savior of Rome, which is really interesting language in light of what's happening here from a biblical perspective. We're told that the overriding policy in history during his reign was, you know, this idea of peace in Rome at any cost. And and so there wasn't any revolt and there wasn't rebellion, but certainly there was no personal peace that was happening, especially for the people in Israel. The Jewish people were under domination. They despised these Romans, the, the, the oppression of being ruled by outsiders who've come in on them and just taken charge and taken control of their lives and their land. And so in addition to this, they're also, as we referenced, experiencing over and above these brutal outsiders inflicting pain upon them. There's despair that for many Jews was even more profound than what was happening with, the, with, with these oppressors from Rome. And that is within the spiritual realm of Israel. Things were very dark in the spiritual realm of Israel. In fact, that's why the Bible prophesies and references John that in in the darkness, one comes to bring good news in the darkness. Because many in the priesthood were corrupt. They had exchanged compassion. They weren't compassionate. They weren't bringing leadership. They weren't bringing spiritual direction. They were consumed with power and they were consumed with wealth and finding their place in this reality that was happening. Their covenant with God that was once rooted in relationship is now controlled by legalism that was too heavy for them to bear. And so we said the people were longing for their Messiah to come, to liberate them, to restore Israel, to bring hope. Now Luke sets this reality, you know, and and the story of the angels appearing to the shepherds against the backdrop of the pitch black of night. And I believe he does this intentionally for us to see because it wasn't just a normal black night, but it was symbolic of what was happening in the lives of the people in this nation at the time, that they were totally engulfed in darkness. It was, it was a very dark time. The darkness symbolized their pain. It symbolized their hopelessness, the grieving that they had over a nation that, that had struggled so much, they were overwhelmed as a nation with despair. They longed for their Messiah to come, to liberate them, to restore Israel, to bring change. And so, as they're there living in the darkness, there was an expectation that a light was coming to the darkness. But it had been dark for a very long time. Then we see light in the story. The time came 
for God to respond to this longing, to the waiting, to the expectation of the people. In Galatians 4, 4, Paul writes about it. He says, but when the set time, the right time, the predetermined time, God's time had fully come, when the moment had arrived, God sent his son. And so our scripture today is the third record in Luke of angels appearing with a message in only two short chapters. We see that the angels came to Zechariah, then they came to Mary, and now they've come to the shepherds. And Luke reports that it happened suddenly. And this is a really important word and a really important understanding here because the word suddenly means that it was expected but unexpected. And that can be a little bit confusing. It was expected and unexpected at the same time. And so how can something be expected and unexpected? Well, you know, if you grew up in Pentecostalism, you know, the the idea is when you prepared for a service, you prepared for what you knew, but you also prepared for what you didn't know because there was an expectation that God was going to move in the midst of the service. You weren't sure how or when, but God was going to do something special. So you prepared for what you knew, but you didn't. And, and so when it came, you were expecting it, but it came unexpectedly in a moment when you weren't really expecting it. We see this on the day of Pentecost. Jesus said, You know, you guys need to stay in Jerusalem. Don't leave because the Holy Spirit is going to come and empower you so that you can fulfill the mission of being my witnesses, you know, throughout throughout the world. And so you need to stay and wait because the Holy Spirit will meet you and the Holy Spirit will empower you. And so we're told that they faithfully tarried and waited and they were praying and it says, suddenly... The room where they were in was shaken and and there was a sound like a wind. And so they were expecting the arrival of the Holy Spirit and the empowering of the Spirit. But yet when it came, it came unexpectedly and suddenly in a moment they weren't really expecting it. Well, the same can be said to the second coming of Jesus. We're told it's going to happen. We believe it's going to happen. But we're not really sure exactly when, although there are some people who apparently seem to know. Uh, We're not sure exactly when, and we're not really sure how, but it's going to happen. And when it happens, it'll happen suddenly. And so there's this sense that it's expected, but then when it happens, it's going to be unexpected. And so that's the idea that Luke is trying to, to capture here. You have a group of people that are, you know, there's, this is the record of that sudden moment when all of these prophecies that were made and there was an expectation that, yes, someday they would be fulfilled. But all of a sudden, in this moment, the angel appears and announces that it's about to be realized. When the Son of God, Augustus, occupied the Roman throne, supported by a powerful Roman army, the true Son of God, Jesus, suddenly came in human form, announced by the heavenly host, heaven's armies. In a time when major rulers lived in the biggest of the cities, Jesus was suddenly born in Bethlehem in the city of David, a place that only was only approximately 5,000 people in population. In a time when Herod and Augustus and Quirinius were occupying palaces and enjoying excess wealth, 
Jesus occupied a stable, a manger, wrapped in cloths, old rags. And what is most remarkable, I believe, of this announcement of the birth of the long-awaited Messiah is that it didn't come to the priests and the scribes and the teachers of the law or the Pharisees. It didn't come to the synagogues and the temple and and in, in the midst of the spiritual services. It came to shepherds. It came to shepherds. A profession at that time that was the bottom of the occupational food chain. A group of people who would not be called as witnesses in courts because they were viewed as lacking the necessary credibility to be a witness. How ironic is it that the very ones that society saw as lacking credibility to be witnesses of, you know, for anything of value were the very ones that God chose to be his primary witnesses. And when people heard their announcement, they didn't say, oh, you know, you guys are shepherds, we don't believe it. No, it says they were amazed because something had happened in the lives of these shepherds when they heard this story and when they saw this child. I believe announcing Jesus' birth to the shepherds was very intentional on God's part. I believe God is making a statement here that echoes down through time. And the statement he's making is this, is that his light had come For all people, the least likely, the poor, those without honor, the marginalized, yes, even shepherds. Suddenly light filled the darkness and joy filled their lives. As we reflect this morning on how this would apply to us, once again, I want to look at two observations. And I want to focus on that suddenly aspect. So suddenly darkness. There are many people, and perhaps some of them are us. They're us. And they're entering this Christmas season, a season of of hope and peace and joy and love and light. Yet they're totally engulfed in a darkness that has been created by painful realities. The Christmas season has a way even of magnifying the darkness. If it's possible for darkness to get darker, sometimes the Christmas season can be a catalyst to that. Of magnifying the darkness and the painful realities as as a lot of these things become more prominent to us. And perhaps for some of you, maybe you're here this morning or you're you're watching online and maybe for you the lights went out suddenly. Suddenly darkness permeated your lives. Suddenly everything changed. Maybe someone you, you loved passed away and it's left an incredible hole in your heart. You weren't ready. You weren't ready to let them go. And you're just... You're you're struggling to discover what life looks like without them. And this season is a reminder of what's missing from your life. And maybe you're lonely and you're hurting and you're disoriented and it's dark. Maybe it's your health. Maybe you've received an unexpected life-altering diagnosis and suddenly the future is uncertain for you. Suddenly you're afraid. Suddenly you're vulnerable. 
Suddenly the focus becomes making the most of the time that you have because you don't know how much time you have. Maybe it's your work, your employment. Suddenly you were let go without a means to provide for your family. Maybe you're working hard to find something, but suddenly you're unemployable. Maybe it's your marriage. Suddenly you discover that the person who promised to love you and be faithful to you is talking about leaving, or maybe they've already left. Perhaps they've betrayed you, broken your trust. And suddenly you're facing something you never expected to face. Suddenly you feel alone. It's dark. Maybe it's our children. And we see them making decisions and going down roads that are painful and difficult and they're struggling. They're really struggling and it's heartbreaking. It's dark. The truth is that there are many and many of us who are living the reality of what we see in our scripture today. There, there is, it just seems like life is engulfed in darkness and we're longing for joy in our lives, but right now it's hard to find the joy because it all just seems to be veiled in darkness. Suddenly darkness. But then there's suddenly light. As suddenly as the darkness descended upon us, God's light can suddenly break that darkness. And as we reflect on this passage, we're reminded that really in terms of light, that there are some different realities that we experience in our lives. So yes, we talked about it, that there's the absence of light, that you know, we, we say, you know, well, someone said, you know, if God, you know, why did God create darkness? Well, God actually, darkness is the absence of light. And so God didn't create darkness. He illuminated the absence of light. And all of us are going to experience things that, you know, eliminate the, lives from our, the light from our lives. And we just talked about that. And we find ourselves caught in the dark and struggling. And so that's, that's a reality that we've talked about, the absence of light. But then as believers in Jesus, as we read Scripture and, and we understand what, what God is saying to us about the future, we understand that there is a moment in time where there will be an absence of darkness. That we understand in Scripture that as followers of Jesus, God has made a promise to us. A promise that someday there will be no more darkness. Only light. In Revelation 22, 5, it says, There will be no more night. They will not need the light of a lamp or the light of the sun, for the Lord God will give them light. And so someday when Jesus returns, there will be no more darkness. His presence will be the perpetual light. In Revelation 21.4, it says that he will wipe every tear from their eyes. There will be no more death or mourning or crying or pain, for the old order of things has passed away. And so we understand that there's a day coming when darkness will be no more. So we understand what it's like to be living without light and we live for a day and anticipate a day where there will be no darkness and yet we find ourselves somehow in between the two. And our scripture today highlights a moment when light and darkness coexisted at the same time. It was dark on the hills of Bethlehem that night, but the light of God's glory filled the sky over the shepherds. It was still night, 
It was still dark, but the shepherds experienced light in the midst of it. And so until Jesus comes back, until that day when when darkness is no more, we must be a people who learn to experience the light of God's presence in the midst of the darkness. We will experience darkness, but we will also experience light in the midst of the darkness. Because it's only in the darkness that the true value of the light can be seen. And it might be dark for you right now. But even in that darkness, you can know the light of God's joy. Even in the darkness, you can know God's presence in your life. Because He will give us His light as we read His Word. It illuminates upon us. As we spend time in prayer and meditation, His light shines on us. As we wait in silence, His light shines on us. As we worship, His light shines on us. As we talk with a friend who encourages us, His light shines on us. When we take courageous steps that are difficult for us to take, that we don't feel like taking, in those moments when we take those courageous steps, His light shines on us. And so in the time in between, it's dark. But we can experience God's light and we can know God's joy even though the darkness is all around us. The shepherds teach us that. I'm going to invite our worship team back. As followers of Jesus, we celebrate the joy that the light of the world, Jesus, brings to our individual lives, the light that he brings to our families, the light that he brings to our friends, the light that he brings to our world. Christmas reminds us that God's light lifts the darkness of fear that's caused by the painful realities of our lives. And, and God replaces that fear with joy because joy is more powerful than fear. Joy is more powerful than fear. I'm going to invite you to stand with us this morning. We will be celebrating communion today. I trust that you received your communion on the way in today. The worship team is going to lead us. And in a few moments, we will celebrate together here in this room. But those of you who are watching via, via the live stream, we also invite you to, to join with us this morning. We are celebrating. Jesus said, I am the light of the world. I am the light of the world. And that's the light that we're celebrating this morning. Andrew, would you lead us? He became sin Who knew no sin We might become His righteousness He humbled Himself And carried the cross Love so Love so amazing 
this Messiah Name above all names Blessed chapter 11 verses 23 and 24 the apostle apostle paul writes for i pass on to you what i received from the lord himself on the night when he was betrayed the lord took some bread and gave thanks to god for it then he broke it in pieces and said this is my body which is given for you do this in remembrance of me. Let's eat together. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you for your body, Lord, that was broken for us. Thank you, In verses 25 and 26, Paul continues in the same way. He took the cup of wine after supper, saying, This cup is the new covenant between God and his people. An agreement confirmed with my blood. Do this in remembrance of me as often as you drink it. For every time you eat this bread and drink this cup, you are announcing the Lord's death until he comes again. Let's drink together. 
Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Let's just give him our praise this morning. Let's express our gratitude. The bringing of his light came at great cost and great darkness to him personally. That we might experience that this morning. Thank you, Jesus. Lord God, this morning we are thankful that before you laid the foundation of the earth, you created a plan of redemption for us. And we thank you that as we stand before you this morning, we offer up our praise and our thanks to you for all that Jesus has done for us. Lord Jesus, we thank you for the cross. We thank you for your broken body. We thank you for your shed blood. We thank you for the love that was outpoured. We thank you for the relationship that we can have with the Father. We thank you for the forgiveness that we've experienced. We thank you, Lord, that that light always comes in the darkness and you remind us of that. You are Emmanuel. You are God with us. That you promised you would never leave us or forsake us. That in the darkest of night when we can't see, when we feel lost and hopeless, where we don't know how to turn, where to turn or how it's going to turn out, we're reminded that God is with us. Lead us, Lord, and help us. Lead us into your light this morning, we pray. For those who are hurting and broken and suffering and struggling in this Christmas season, Lord, would you illuminate your light upon them today? Would you bring them joy in the midst of the darkness? Would you help them to know the joy that's not dependent on circumstances, but is rooted in the reality of Jesus is God with us? Father, today for those who are in need, I pray that you would answer their prayers this morning. You would bring relational healing. You would bring emotional healing. You would bring spiritual healing. You would bring physical healing. Father, would you do what only you can do when the light touches the darkness of our lives? And Father, today we pray for those who can't be here that are part of us that need your touch today. We think of Phil Kehoe, who struggled since his surgery with infections and in and out of the hospital. And today we pray for him for a complete and full recovery and healing to give him strength and help him. God, as Stelma recovers from surgery this week, would you strengthen her and help her? Help her recovery to go as planned without interruption or setback. Strengthen her and help her. Lord, we pray that you continue to be with Joe. Strengthen him and help him. Encourage him this morning. Father, there are so many others who need your touch today. Would you 
do minister in a very special way, we pray. And Father, I pray that not only would we be the recipients of joy as the shepherds were, but they were also the witnesses of joy to those around them. And so we who have experienced your joy, would you help us to be witnesses of your joy? Shedding light on the darkness of those around us as we share the life and love of Jesus with them. Thank you that we could be here today. We pray for your continued care for us and our families. I pray that your Lord God, you would continue to work through our lives to accomplish your purposes and to touch the lives of those around us, we pray. In Jesus' name, amen.